All right, let's get let's get into this morning's program. Matthew chapter six, verse nine, beginning. Uh, it is on your screen if you are watching us on Rumble. Matthew chapter six, verse nine. Jesus said, "After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread." And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. What a powerful little prayer that our Lord gave as an example. He gave this prayer as an example. This is not a prayer that the Lord expected everyone everywhere to pray eternally until the end of time, until the end of the world. This is not that. This is a prayer of an example of how we approach the Lord and the type of things we should be petitioning by and from the Lord. In fact, let's back up and let's read a little bit more of the book of Matthew, and then we may go to a couple of other uh, places to establish what he's talking about here, but I'm, I'm going to hone in on something very particular in just a few moments. But for right now, let's back up to Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. Matthew 6, 5. Again, it's on your screen. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. So Jesus is explaining here how prayer needs to be given. And he's explaining, first of all, that we don't do it just to be seen of men. We don't do it to have people look at us to think somehow that we are more holy than others, or we're better than others, or that somehow we have a special relationship above anyone else. No, it should not be done that way. Jesus is not condemning public prayer. He's condemning the attitude which with that public prayer may be given. If you're doing it as a hypocrite to be seen of others, not for the real reason, but for the wrong reason, That's what Jesus is condemning here. Verse 6, But thou, when thou prayest, enter thou into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Now Jesus is not giving a, a general overall command that every time you pray that you have to pray in a closet. And we know this because many people, many prayers are rendered throughout the New Testament, We find them praying by a riverside. We find them praying in an assembly. We find them praying in prison. We find them praying all over the place. In in, in fact, the Apostle Paul would admonish that we are to pray without ceasing, pray everywhere. So when Jesus says here, enter into a closet, he's talking about make your attitude right. Humble yourself. You're not praying a prayer to be observed by men of how wonderful and how great you are. Don't do it in a public way looking for public praise. That's the idea. That's what he's saying. Verse 7, he continues, But when you pray, 
Use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard of for their much speaking. Now, I want to stop for a moment, and I want to hone in on this for just a moment. Most of us have the Lord's Prayer memorized because of the traditions of the Catholic Church and other churches, so-called churches. They're not really churches, but they call themselves that. Okay, There's only one church. It's the body of Christ. It is the kingdom of Christ, and it is not the Catholic Church. It's not the Lutheran Church. It's not the Methodist Church. Those are all frauds. Those are counterfeits. But however, their influence has run very deep throughout the so-called churches of this world, in so much that most people, as soon as they hear these words, Our Father which art in heaven, they typically can at least mentally follow along with the rest of this prayer, knowing what comes next. And they repeat it, and they repeat it, and we under and we have Learn this and memorize this prayer from it being repeated so often. I have never in my life attended a Catholic service with which this prayer has not been uttered at least once and usually several times during any one of their services, during any one of their services, whether it's a funeral, whether it's a wedding, whether it's one of their masses, whatever it is, they're constantly uttering this prayer in so much that everybody really has memorized it. Now, number one, I've asked several Catholics throughout my lifetime, what do you suppose the Lord's Prayer means? And this is the reply I've received almost every time without exception. I don't know. I've never really thought about it. Oh, so you just say it and you've never really thought about it? Well, well, yeah, I say it and I mean it, but uh, uh, well, how can you mean it if you've never thought about it, if you've never thought about what it's saying, what it's asking, what it's doing, how can you mean it? Well, uh, I, well, I, I, we do it in church, and you no, know, you do it in a counterfeit, fraudulent setting that you call church, but it's not really church. Friends, put simply, this prayer has become a vain repetition. Now, Jesus said, when you pray, Use not vain repetitions, as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. And that's exactly what Catholicism has brought through this vain tradition of their uttering this prayer much, much, much throughout every service that they have. Insomuch that the whole world has basically memorized it from their vain traditions. And most of the world has not even really thought about the words of this prayer. They just speak it and in direct violation of what Jesus just said. Do not pray using vain repetition. 99% of the people that start uttering this prayer of Jesus, by the way, which is an example, by the way, that's all it is. It's an example. It's an proper example. We're going to get into this a little bit further. They say it without even thinking about it. It's just a memorized thought. It's a memorized saying. It's a memorized prayer that is, that is so commonplace 
that they don't even put their heart into it when they're saying the words. They just automatically say the words. That's what they do. It is a vain repetition. Jesus said, don't do that. What do they do? That's the first thing they do. They turn right around and they start uttering this vain repetitious prayer. And by the way, even if they did put their heart into this prayer, and even if they did listen to the words of which it is saying, and even if they were somehow trying to be really attached to it without a vain repetitious connotation attached to it, even if that were the case, what they're praying is not suited for to be a good prayer today. Jesus was teaching his disciples to pray something that they were looking for in their near future to them 2,000 years ago. Things that do not apply to you and me today, they were praying for. If you had inherited the house of your dreams. Let's just say someone had promised to give you a house and they told you, I want you to think about it regularly and I want you to conduct your lives in such a manner that you're worthy of this house and at one point in time, I'm going to come and I'm going to give you this house. And every now and then, I want you to remind me of this and I want you to ask me about how this house is coming along, and I want you to ask me to deliver this house to you. And let's just say you complied with that, and you would call them, and you would say, I'm so thankful that you promised me this house, and I know it's going to come, and I want it to come. And they would say, no problem. Don't worry about it. You're going to receive it. And then let's just say one day they gave it to you, and now you own it, and now you have it, and now it's not going anywhere, and it's in your possession, and it's there for you and from your family and for your entire prodigy all the way down as far as you can think. You have it now. It's real. Are you going to call them and ask them to still keep, would you please give me that house you promised me? Would you do that? No, you wouldn't do that. That would be the most ridiculous thing in the world. You would might thank them for giving you that house, but you would not Ask them to continue to give you that house after it had already been given to you. That makes no sense. That is actually placing a negative connotation on the person that gave you the house. Well, I've given it to you. Now you don't even appreciate it. You're still asking for it because, because well, why did I give it to you if you don't even appreciate it now? And you're still asking me to give it to you. Why did I even bother? That's exactly what's going down in this prayer, folks. Jesus is talking to his disciples 2,000 years ago, asking in this prayer for them to pray. This is an example prayer. Asking for things like God's kingdom to come. Giving them their daily bread. Forgiving them their sins, right? Keeping them from temptation. Question. Has the kingdom of God come yet? 
The answer is a definite yes. We can read about it in Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, where Paul wrote that he hath delivered the Christians into the kingdom of his dear son, and they have translated them from the power of darkness and have translated them into the kingdom of his dear son. Paul said the kingdom was there in Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. The apostle John in Revelation chapter 1 said, I, John, in tribulation and in the kingdom, on this day, on the Lord's day, entered into this trance whereby this revelation was given to me. Where were you, John? I'm in the kingdom. Wait a minute. The kingdom hasn't come yet. Oh, wait a minute. Jesus would say in Matthew chapter 16, in fact, I'm going to go there. I'm going to put it on your screen. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, and if, for those of you following on Rumble, it's coming up here in just a moment. Is Jesus would say, And I say unto thee, thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Well, wait a minute. What's Jesus talking about here? I'm bringing my church. Okay, what about it? I'm giving you, Peter, the keys to this kingdom. To this what? I thought you are talking about the church. I am talking about the church. And you called it your kingdom? Yes. The church of Christ is the kingdom of Christ. It's where Christ's throne is. It's where his reign is. It's where his dominion is. It's where his subjects are. If you're a subject unto Jesus Christ, then you're in his realm, you're in his dominion, you're under his authority, you're in his kingdom. For those of you people that have never thought about it, if you claim that Jesus Christ is your king and you're a part of his throne, his nation, then you are in his kingdom. If he is a king, he has a kingdom. He said that is his church. In fact, further, he said it was his body and hath given him to be head over all things to his body, which is the church, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 22 and 23. And in fact, in Colossians chapter 1, verses 17 following, right there where, he, where Paul had written that they had been translated into the kingdom of his dear son, he goes on to say that the kingdom is the body of Christ and the body of Christ is the church of Christ. Colossians chapter 1, verses 17 and 18. Excuse me. Colossians chapter 1, verses 13 through 18. In Luke chapter 17, let's go to the, to the book of Luke. For those of you, again, who are following us on Rumble, it'll be up on your screen. Luke chapter 17, I want to begin at verse number 20. Luke 17, 20. And when... He was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come. He answered them and said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation. Neither can they say, Lo here or lo there, for the kingdom of God is within you. Now, I want you to stop for one moment, folks, and I want you to think about the words of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I'm building my church. The gates of hell cannot prevail against it. And Peter, I'm giving you the keys to this church, which is the kingdom. Almost, almost literally what he was saying there. Definitely what was implied. Paul said they had received the kingdom. 
John said he was in the kingdom. Paul said that they had, were being translated, the Christians, into the kingdom. Jesus Christ said the kingdom is a spiritual place. The kingdom cometh not with observation. The kingdom is within you. But what do we have today, friends? We have people all over the world looking for a physical kingdom to come, and they say it's going to come over there in Palestine, you know, in Jerusalem, Israel, and it's going to be a physical kingdom, and it's going to come with physical walls, and there's going to be a physical king, Jesus Christ, and there's going to be, therefore, a rapture where people are going to be lifted up miraculously from wherever they are, you know, just the faithful ones, and they're going to be taken and put over into that physical kingdom over in Palestine so that they can there reign and live with Christ for a thousand physical literal years and they can fight the devil there in that physical battle when it's going to ultimately come in the battle of Armageddon and they got to throw down with the devil and they got to punch him in the face and all of his demons and they got to stab them with knives, and they got to shoot them with bullets. All the while, Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world, for if my kingdom was of this world, then would my servants fight. Friends, people have made the kingdom of God into nothing more than a physical, worldly, carnal place of riotousness, war, there's no peace. There's no tranquility. There's no harmony. You mean to tell me that they're waiting for the Lord to come physically, floating down on a cloud like a little surfer boy, so that he can make a physical kingdom, then take all of his physical subjects, put them over there so that they can all start making swords and knives and bazookas to fight the devil and the demons, so that they can, and just before it all ends now, just before the devil conquers this, this kingdom, oh, God's going to return then, and God's going to destroy the planet Earth. Everything's going to be burned up with fervent heat and fire because the devil is just getting ready to conquer my son and, I, and my son's kingdom, so God has to step in and stop it all and thwart it all with the destruction of the planet to end this sin-sick and wicked world, biologically, physically, that we live in. All the while, all the while, Jesus said the church is his kingdom. All the while, Jesus said his body is the kingdom, not talking about his physical body. All the while, Jesus said his kingdom cometh not with observation. All the while, Jesus said it's not physical or my servants would be fighting physical. All the while, defying every single verse in the Bible that talks about it, these people all over the world are praying that this physical kingdom come. That's what they're praying. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. They're praying for the kingdom to come. Friends, I'm here to tell you right now, as sure as my name is Stephen Baisden, as sure as I'm sitting in the radio station here in Ludington, Michigan right now, broadcasting out to whoever's willing to listen and open up their hearts, as sure as this is happening right now, the kingdom has already come, and I will not pray to God asking him to send it any 
more because it is already here. It has already been delivered. And to pray for God to do something that he has already done is to deny that which he has already given us. Did you get that? Let me repeat that for emphasis sake. For you to pray for God to do something for you that he has already done for you is to deny what he has already done. Do you get that, people? When you utter this prayer, you are denying what God has already provided for you that you don't even recognize, you don't even appreciate, you don't even get it, you don't even understand it. But you're going to pray for God to do it for you in a different way than what he ever intended to do, thereby thwarting the will of God, thereby telling God you're not satisfied You're not happy with the kingdom that he has already provided, and you're looking for something bigger and badder and better. Huh. But what did Jesus die for? Didn't Jesus die for the church? Oh, yes. In Acts chapter 20 and verse 27 and 28, the apostle Paul affirmed that it took the blood of Jesus Christ to purchase the church of God. He purchased the church with his blood. Acts chapter 20, verse 28. Jesus died to purchase the church, and the church is the kingdom. And for those of you who are praying for the kingdom to still come somehow in your future, you're saying that the blood of Jesus Christ and what it purchased is not good enough for you. You're saying that's just not good enough for me. I'm looking for something better. In fact, I've had people tell me that straight up to my face. I've had them tell me they're waiting for a better kingdom to come. Wait a minute. Wait, what do you mean? Wait. And they tell me they're going to pray this prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, wait a minute. Hang on. Slow down. Did you get that last phrase? Let's go back to Matthew chapter 6. Let's go back to Matthew chapter 6, and let's go and let's take a look at this phrase again. Again, for those of you following on Rumble, it's on your screen now. Matthew 6, 9. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. What? Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. (sighs) What does that mean? In earth as it is in heaven. Well, okay. Let's let's stop for a moment. The Lord is praying that the kingdom which was promised to us, which was given to us. In that kingdom, things are there just like it is in heaven. Well, where is the kingdom of God now? Is it is it on planet Earth? Yes. What is it? It's the church. It's the body of Christ. It's the church of Christ. The kingdom is the church. Okay. They were being translated into it then. They were receiving that kingdom. Yes, yes, yes. 
We have the kingdom now. Yes, yes, for sure. Jesus said in Luke chapter 20, excuse me, Luke chapter 21, verses 20 through 32, that the kingdom would be there in its fullness and its entirety, and all things written would be fulfilled when they would see it 2,000 years ago with the destruction of the temple of God, which is in Jerusalem at that time under the old covenant for the Jews. When that old covenant temple would be destroyed, then the kingdom of God would be fully delivered 100% as it would always remain eternally. Where? Here, where we can enter into it. You mean it's here now? Yep. Can I get into it now? Yep. How do you get into it? Well, for as many of us as we're baptized into Christ to put on Christ, is it the body of Christ? Yep. Is it the church of Christ? Yep. Is it the kingdom of Christ? Yep. Are all these words and phrases being used synonymously? Absolutely. If you're in the body of Christ, guess what? You are in the family of God. If you're in the family of God, you're in the church of God. If you're in the church of God, you're in God's kingdom. You're where he lives. You're, you're where his throne is. He's the king. You're, you're subject unto him. You're in the kingdom. Where's it at? It's right here, right now. I can be in it right now. Oh, you mean it's on earth? Yes, it is. Uh-huh. And it, it, how is it like on earth? How is it like that? Well, it's supposed to be done in earth as it is in heaven. Friend, friends, slow down. Follow me here. Now, I know it's very hard for a lot of people today to add one plus one plus one. Believe it or not, that still equals three. Most people are stuck at two right now in their heads. One plus one plus one is three because they just can't do arithmetic anymore because they don't know how. They don't have a, a computer and a calculator to do it for them. Let me help you, children. The kingdom is here now. It is the church. It has already come. When Jesus was praying this prayer, it had not yet come. He was praying this prayer in about the year A.D. 33. He was telling his disciples to look for the deliverance of this magnificent kingdom, and it would come in their lifetime. He promised that in Matthew chapter 16, verse 27 to 28. Let me go there quickly, and I'm going to come back. We're going to, just, we're going to explore as it is in heaven, so it's going to be in earth. But in Matthew chapter 16, just a few chapters later, Jesus himself said in verse number 27, for the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. Here's the coming of the Lord. Here's the coming of the Lord in the, in the glory of his Father with his angels to reward every man according to his works. This is the judgment, friends. Now watch the next verse. Are you listening? Verily, most assuredly, I say to you, there'll be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Did you catch that, friends? Did you catch that? 2,000 years ago, Jesus said to his disciples standing there looking at him right in the face, some of you standing here with me right now shall not taste of death till you see the kingdom coming 
in the judgment, in the glory of the Father, with the angels. And some of you standing here will not die till you see that kingdom come. Now, friends, friends, please listen to me. Let's, let's do the arithmetic one again. One plus one plus one equals three. Are you there? Did Jesus lie? No. Was Jesus mistaken? No. Are there people running around on planet Earth right now that's 2,000 years old waiting for this kingdom to come? No. Well, if Jesus didn't lie, if Jesus wasn't mistaken, and if there's not 2,000-year-old people running around right now waiting for the kingdom to come, that means the kingdom has come. When did it come? Before some of those in the first century would die. That's exactly the words of Christ. Now, so many people don't understand it. They don't get it. They don't recognize it. Half the world don't even know he said it. Excuse me, 99% of the world, they don't even realize Jesus said that. But he's talking about the coming of his kingdom. He told his disciples, pray for the kingdom to come. And then he said, before all of you die, the kingdom will be here. And he said that 2,000 years old. Let me repeat that. Friends, listen. He told his disciples. In this example prayer I'm giving you, you pray and you ask for the kingdom to come. And then he told his disciples, before some of you die, some of you will die before, but some of you will not. Before you're all dead, that kingdom that you're praying for will be here. It will come. I'm going to give you your choice. You can believe Jesus or not. That's pretty simple. That's pretty straightforward. I choose to believe Jesus. I know that the kingdom did come. I know it came in the glory of the Father with the angels. I know all those things happen 100% exactly when and how Jesus said it would. Therefore, why would I pray a prayer and ask for God to bring that kingdom, which he already did through the death of his son, Jesus Christ? Why would I do that? Why would I deny that? But further, let's, let's, let's ramp this up a little bit more. In this kingdom, in this church, in this body of Christ, in the family of God, in the house of God. How will things be done on earth as it is in heaven? Well, okay. How is it being done in heaven? How? How is that? Well, huh. What is heaven? Is it where Pluto is? Is it where the birds fly? What exactly? Well, let's break this down some more. Let's see if we can't get some help from the Bible. What do you say? Doesn't that sound like a good idea? What is God? Now, somebody says, oh, God is love. That's true. First John chapter 3, God is love, no doubt. Is love a physical thing? Well, sadly and unfortunately, most of the world today thinks that fornication is love. And, and that's how carnal and that's how screwed up we are. That's not love. Having physical relations is not love. You could choke somebody to death. That's a physical relation. That's not love. 
And it's not just an emotion. Love is a spiritual thing that you understand, you recognize, you know, and you commit yourself to. That's the idea of agape love, this kind of great love that God has provided. It's the kind of love that understands, that knows, and that desires and will do the greatest, highest, and best for others. That's the idea. God is certainly that. That's not a physical thing. In John chapter 4, Jesus said, God is a spirit. Did you know that? John chapter 4, verse 24, Jesus Christ said, God is a spirit. Further, in the book of John, Jesus said, A spirit hath not flesh and bones as you see I have. It's not a physical thing. A spirit is a spiritual thing. It's not a physical thing. What is God? A spirit. What kind of world or kingdom or domain or house or home or body do you think God has? Jesus said, God is a spirit. Are you with me? One plus one plus one equals three still? Are you with me? If God is a spirit, He's not sitting on planet Pluto right now ordering pizza from Pizza Hut. He's not going to have to go sit on his throne and flush the toilet. I don't mean to be so crass, but sometimes you just have to make it so plain that people can't miss it. You got to whop them upside the head sometimes with a spiritual two by four to get them to see it. God's home is a spiritual home. His kingdom is a spiritual kingdom. We already have explored this idea. Jesus said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation. Neither can you say, Lo here or lo there. The kingdom is within you. It's a spiritual place because God is a spiritual entity. is a spiritual being. He's in heaven. He's in his home. Yeah. It's a spiritual place. Oh, in fact, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, it's on your screen now. Verse 50, Paul said, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Are you seeing this? It's on the screen. Flesh and blood cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Flesh and blood, physical, biological, fleshly, Matter does not exist in the kingdom of God because the kingdom of God is a spiritual place. Now, now watch. Are you with me? The Lord's Prayer. Thy kingdom come. Wonderful. Do we have it? Yes. Thy will be done. Okay. Yes, it's God's will. It will not be thwarted. The gates of hell cannot prevail against the kingdom of God, against the church of Christ. No way. It will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Oh, you mean it's a spiritual place with spiritual blessings. Oh, yes. (laughs) On earth as it is in heaven? Yes. Yes. So, you mean what we have on earth right now is what we will have in heaven? Yes. 
Yes. How can that be, Basden? How is that possible? Because it's a spiritual place. It's not a carnal place. It can't be seen with the naked eye. You can see it by faith, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Do you have eyes to see and see not, like the old Jews? Do you have ears to hear and hear not, like the old Jews? Jesus said, the words I'm speaking unto you, they are spirit and they are life. And when we get the kingdom, it will be on earth and it will be like it is in heaven. Well, we have the kingdom. Well, what? So what do you mean? Well, is it here on earth right now? Can I get into the church, the kingdom right now? Absolutely. Well, if I get into the church or the kingdom right now, what should I expect? Well, you should expect it to be like it is in heaven. You mean, wait a minute. I'm in the very presence of the Father? Yes. You mean I'm with God if I'm in the church? Yes. You mean I'm with Jesus if I'm in the church? Yes. You mean I'm in the Spirit if I'm in the church? Yes. You mean it's not a physical place, it's a spiritual place? Exactly. Exactly. And you mean what I have right now on earth is exactly what I'm going to have in heaven, if you can see it, if you can understand it, if you can get your minds past the physical, carnal, biological filth that your mind has been so polluted with, where you can see the spiritual concept of things, yes. If you cannot, then you're stuck in the physical world. You have eyes to see, but see not. Ears to hear, but you're not hearing. You're not getting it. In Ephesians chapter 1, let's go to the book of Ephesians chapter 1. And I'm going to go down just for time's sake. And I'm going to begin in verse number 3. Ephesians chapter 1 in the verses 3. Again, it's on your screen in rumble. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Ooh. If you are in Christ... You're in the heavenly place. And it's there where you have all, <laughs> all, all spiritual blessings are found in Christ in heavenly places. Do you see that? It's on your screen. Why do you deny it? Why do you not accept that? Why are you looking for something more? If I have all spiritual blessings, well, let's talk about those spiritual blessings for a moment. Because Paul explicitly said, all spiritual blessings are found in Christ. If you're in Christ, you're in his body. If you're in the body, you're, it is the church. If it is the church, it is the kingdom. He's the king of kings. We're in his kingdom. Do you get it? If we're in the kingdom of Christ... We're in a heavenly place where we have all spiritual blessings. What are some of these spiritual blessings? Well, let's, let's, let's just look at them, a few. Prayer is a spiritual blessing. It's not a physical blessing. It's something we can do mentally within ourselves. In fact, Jesus said in, in Matthew chapter 6 that you're to go by yourself and, and pray in, in, in a place where you cannot even be observed. Right? You, you don't have to move your lips and use your voice box to utter a prayer. You can think your prayer to God. 
As a man thinketh in his heart, Paul said, so is he. Prayer is a spiritual blessing. It's not a physical blessing. Okay. Well, what other physical, what, what, what other blessings are there, spiritual blessings are there? Well, how about this? Spiritual blessing of peace. The spiritual blessing of no pain. The spiritual blessing of eternal life. The spiritual blessing of salvation. How about the spiritual blessing of being in the presence of the Lord? How about the spiritual blessing of being in the presence with God? How about the spiritual blessing of being in heaven? Ooh. Do we have all spiritual blessings in Christ available to us now? Paul said they had it then in the book of Ephesians 2,000 years ago. Did, isn't that what he said? It most certainly is. He said we have all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. And by the way, side note here. In the original Greek, that phrase, in heavenly places, you'll find there that the word places is italicized, which means it was added by the translators. It literally should read, who have blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heaven in Christ. That should read. Because if we're in Christ, we're in heaven. If we're in Christ, we're in heaven. Somebody says, well, Basin, you just said, you just said a few minutes ago that as sure as you're in London, Michigan, talking on the radio, you're there just as sure, as sure as that, that the kingdom is here. So you're not in heaven. You're in Ludington, Michigan, Steve. You just contradicted yourself. Oh, really? Have I? Are you sure? Oh, you said it. You said it. Yeah. And one plus one plus one is three, and you still aren't past two, are you? There is a carnal body, and there is a spiritual body. Huh. Now, as sure as my name is Steve Bazin, and just as sure as I'm sitting here in Ludington, Michigan right now, physically, my spiritual body has a place where it's at. It cannot be seen with the naked eye. Jesus said that, not with the physical eye. We walk by faith and not by sight. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life, Jesus said, John chapter 6. Oh, you can see me sitting physically here in Ludington, but where is my spiritual body? Is it in the kingdom of darkness or is it in the kingdom of light? Please tell me. And I know most people out there right now are saying, this guy's in the kingdom of darkness if I've ever heard it. Oh, really? Hmm. Because I'm telling you the truth, because it's something you've never heard. Because I'm telling you, when you utter the Lord's Prayer, you're denying and defying and rebelling against the kingdom of God Almighty that Jesus Christ died for. And I'm telling you, you shouldn't be saying that. And you don't understand that. And I'm telling you that we have access to eternal life right now. Jesus said, he that lives and abides in me shall never die. Believest thou this? John chapter 11, verse 25. Why, it's right in the Lord's Prayer. What do you mean? Well, you know, like John chapter 3, verse 16. Yeah, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Do you have everlasting life if you believe in Jesus Christ? Do you? And that word believe there, that's not just a mental assent that you accept this entity known as Jesus as a Savior. No, 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 no. True belief demands true 
actions of your belief. Faith without works is dead being alone, James chapter 2. Oh, you've got to do what God says. Except a man be born again of the water and the spirit. He cannot enter into the kingdom. Oh, you may not got to be reborn again. Yeah, through the water and the spirit. Yeah, baptism. Yeah, huh? Jesus made him baptize more disciples than did John. John chapter 4, verse 1. Oh, that's not spiritual baptism. How do you know that? Because the Bible goes on to say in verse 2, though Jesus wasn't the one doing the baptizing, it was his disciples. But it was because of Jesus' teachings that the baptisms were being conducted and done. Now, Jesus, when he baptizes people, he baptizes them with the Holy Ghost, or he used to. He doesn't do that anymore. And I know you think these things sound convoluted, but it's because you don't understand you've been never taught properly. Although this is exactly what the Bible says. Matthew chapter 3, John the Baptist says, Jesus is the only one that can baptize with the Holy Spirit. And he said, it's promised to the old covenant Jews that they could come out of the old covenant world and enter into the new kingdom of Jesus Christ, which is the church. But let's get back on target. Let's, I digress. Let's go back for just a moment. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Did you know, do you understand every single person that I've ever been affiliated with in my life, religiously speaking, has believed and thought and taught that this physical planet has to be destroyed and heaven has to be destroyed with fervent heat and fire, the physical places, because they're not good enough for God. Huh. Huh. Wait a minute. The physical planet and the physical heavens have to be destroyed? Why? Why? Isn't God a spirit? Oh. Wait a minute. You mean you mean God has to destroy the physical place where he's living now because it's tainted somehow? It's tainted. So God is living in a place that is stained somehow and has to be destroyed, but he's been living there, you know, since the, the fall of Adam way back in Genesis chapter 3. He's got to come and you have God living in a stained, tainted place awaiting his destruction kind of God do you have? You got to destroy it? Because Adam sinned, he's got he's to burn up the trees now. You know, you know that beautiful apple tree that may be in the field next to your home? Yeah, God's got to burn that up with fervent heat and fire because Adam sinned 5,000 years ago. Well, you got to burn the grass because of Adam's sin. What'd the grass do? Hmm. Wow. What are you getting at, Steve? Everybody I know doesn't appreciate, nor do they understand, the wonderful, beautiful blessings that we have available to us right now in earth as it is in heaven. Are you, I'm almost without words. Where do I go from here? Oh, I'm waiting for something better. I've had people tell me, I, I want my street of gold. Oh, yeah, what are you going to do with that? What are you going to do on that gold? I don't know. I said, you're going to go to 7-Eleven and buy a Slurpee with it? You and your gold? Well, I don't know. Is you going to have 7-Elevens in heaven? Well, is heaven a spiritual place? Well, I think so, but I want my gold. And what are you going to do with it there? 
Or maybe does this gold represent, is it a metaphor for something very valuable and very beautiful and the, the grandeur and the beauty of, of this spiritual realm? Maybe, maybe that's more the idea, you think? Do you have eternal life right now, yes or no? Well, no, I'm going to die one day. Whoa. <laughs> physically, maybe. Physically, absolutely. Everybody's going to die physically. What about spiritually? You're going to die spiritually? The wages of sin is death. Are you a sinner? Are you going to stay a sinner? Are you or are you going to become a Christian and allow the Lord to cleanse you of your sins and to continue to be cleansed by walking in the light. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from our sin. Now, if we're cleansed from sin and we have no sin, we're innocent and we're in the kingdom of God. And that is a spiritual place, friends, where we have all spiritual blessings. We have eternal life. Uh, listen, I am at peace right now spiritually. I have no pain right now spiritually. My my spirit is not yearning and wanting something that it does not already possess. I possess eternal life right now. Why? Because I'm a true believer in Jesus Christ. I don't know what to think of this stuff, Steve. I, I know. I, I, I know. I know. This is so far over the heads of so many people because they have been, they're still like in kindergarten following the vain traditions of Catholicism and the results of that, saying a prayer, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, that does not even pertain to us today. If I may, if I may, why don't we pray something like this? Our Father, which art in heaven, we give thee thanks, O Lord, for the beautiful kingdom of Jesus Christ, that things are here exactly like they are in heaven, where we are in your presence, where we have eternal life. Father, we thank thee, dear Lord, for all your blessings, for salvation, for a home, an eternal home that we have with you. We pray these things in Jesus' name, do we not? Why aren't we praying that prayer instead of saying, hey, I, uh, uh, give us the kingdom because I'm looking for this place where we're going to have to fight the devil with the bazooka over over there in the Israel where, 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 where I'm going to be raptured to. My goodness, my grace. How sad a place we live in where people are that ignorant of God's word. What a sad, sad thing we've come to be. And then we turn right around, and here's what we do. We call ourselves Christians, asking for God to send us kingdom. Huh. How can you be a Christian serving the king and not in his kingdom? You turn around and ask for the kingdom, and then you want all these physical carnal blessings when it's not about that. It's about the spiritual. Jesus would say, come unto me, all you that are burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest unto your soul. You rest unto your souls. Oh, no, but I want to rest. I don't want to work physically no more. Uh -huh. Okay. Uh, I, want to, I want to go to the place where I got my gold. I, I need my gold. I want the streets of gold. Oh, okay. Yeah. I want, 
You know, I want, I want my mansion in heaven. I want my own room. I need, I need, I need service. I need room service. Yep, I'm gonna call room service in heaven, and I'm gonna order me the lobster and, and the steak, and and then when I go poopy, I go, I go, and I, I flush the throne, and in heaven it's gonna be. I'll never have a loose bowel movement, and I'll never be constipated because it's gonna be perfect in the heaven. Yeah, Rhonda's giving me the sign. I've gone too far. And just my wife, she sits here and shakes her head at me most of the times. But that's what you've got to believe if you think it's a physical place. Whether you like it, whether you admit it or not, that's what you've got to accept. If it's a physical, carnal place, that's your dilemma. That's your problem. That's not mine. No, no. Not at all. I'm in the church of Jesus Christ, which is the house of God, which is the kingdom of God, where I have all spiritual blessings in heaven right now. I have forgiveness of sin. I have prayer. I have eternal life. I have no pain. I have no shame. I'm living in the house of God in a spiritual way. If I'm walking in the light as he is in the light, I have that. I own that. It is mine right now. But you guys, you people, you keep going to your prayer and praise chapel or Living Word or wherever else you're going around here in Ludington, your Catholicism, your Lutheran, your Wesleyan, your whatever. You keep going there. <laughs> they keep promising you a physical reward. Yeah. And you're going to rise out of a grave physically. Oh, yeah, right. And you're going to float in the air like a, like a fairy physically. Oh, yeah, okay. And you got to wait for it all to happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. When Jesus said, and he promised, there'll be some of you standing here that will not die if you see these things happen. Oh, I believe Jesus. I love him. I love him with all my heart. Oh, I love him so much. I believe him. Oh, what did he say? Oh, 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 I, uh, 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 no, I don't believe that, but I still love him and I still believe him. What else can you say? What else can you say? You really don't believe him, but you say you do. You, you don't even understand. On earth as it is in heaven. You don't understand the concept. The church of Christ right now has all things, all spiritual blessings in heaven right now. On earth as it is in heaven. Exactly like Jesus said it would be. He promised it 2,000 years ago. He delivered it. He bought it with his precious blood. And too many today. Do not understand it. They do not appreciate it. They don't get it. They call themselves Christians. They don't even know how to become a Christian. They don't know how to behave after they become a Christian. They don't know how to worship. They don't know how to act. They don't know. They don't know what to pray for. How to pray? What to pray? Huh? And along comes this guy on the radio telling you the truth, and huh, most people. We'll deny it. Even after all the verses we've given, even after all the reading of everything we've read and given you, even after knowing these things are true, you'll turn right around and you'll deny it and you'll keep going to your stupid little fake, counterfeit, so-called churches, nothing more than synagogues of Satan. Because you like it there and you like your traditions and you like to say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. I will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Not even understanding it. Not even 
appreciating it, not even getting it. Oh, but you're going to say your vain little repetitious prayers, aren't you? Aren't you? Come on, let's be honest, aren't you? Really? Yeah, yeah, you are, and you know you are. But for those of you, and I may have touched the hearts and the minds of a very select few out there this morning. I may have. I pray to God that his word has touched the hearts of some. Maybe I've just planted some small seed, perhaps. For those who want more, who need more, who are interested. For those who may want to tell me I'm mistaken, let me give you my phone number. My phone number is 231-425-6044. That's 231-425-6044. I'm the minister. I preach with the Church of Christ at 3816 West Fountain Road, Ludington, Michigan, 49431. This morning, you can attend our Bible study at 1030. Attend our church service at 1130. Give your money at home. Bring your hearts. Bring your thinking caps. Bring your Bibles. And if you don't have a Bible, we'll give you one. Best deal in town. Can't be beat. Again, my phone number is 231-425-6044. May God bless you. I hope to talk with you soon. Y'all have a good day.